This episode of Get Hurt with Hurt comes with free ASMR, courtesy of Tommy Bravos's residential housemate. For those of a sensitive nature, please make sure that you put headphones on to get the full effect of someone washing up behind the voice. Get Heard with Heard was recorded in front of absolutely no studio audience, but we're still here on a bi-weekly basis talking to the hottest, to the freshest, to the most talented and exciting artists breaking through this year. We're going to be talking about the ups, we're going to be talking about the lows, we're going to be talking about what it takes to be an artist in this day and age. So join me, I am Heard, and let's see who we're talking to this time. Radio voice off. Let's have a conversation. Let's have a conversation. Welcome back, everyone, to Get Heard with Heard with me. My name is Heard. I'm seeing how low I can go. What is wrong with me? I don't even feel like I need to introduce myself at this point. Like, it's kind of bleeding obvious that I'm probably going to be heard if the show is called Get Heard with Heard, regardless. Pointless intro aside, I find myself once again on the edge of glory, on the edge of a wonderful conversation with a brilliant artist. The artist in question today is an artist that goes by the name of Tommy Bravos. Tommy Bravos? Tommy Bravos? I mean, honestly, (laughs) I just can't get names right. Whatever I pick at this point is going to be the wrong way of pronouncing it. So I'm just going to go with Tommy Bravos. Tommy Bravos. It sounds like Johnny Bravo. Tommy, Tommy Bravos. That doesn't sound right either. Tommy Bravos. Tommy Bravos. I I, I absolutely love Tommy. To be fair, the music is fundamentally brilliant. Um, So I'm going to get away from the name and shame of me never being able to get names right. Let's just call Tommy, Tommy. Um, But but Tommy's sound is very influenced by dance, very influenced by theatrics. I feel like there's a theatrical element to this that must come from experience on the stage or must come from experience within that field. I'm going to have to ask about that. And also what I like about Tommy is the early music sounded quite a bit like, I don't know, I'm feeling Ben Folds. I'm getting a total Ben Folds vibe. Whereas the newer music has more of a Florence and the Machine fun party style vibe. Um, You know, real, real strong pop. Maybe a little bit of disco elements in there. I don't know, I, I absolutely love this music. Um, I mean, I love a lot of music, but this is special. Like, this is special. We're going to listen to a little bit of Tommy Bravos with Charming before we jump into a conversation with Tommy. I highly urge you to go and check out more of Tommy's music and support it on Spotify. Tommy's a bit of a Spotify darling. Good numbers, strong numbers. Um, Regardless, this is a bit of Tommy Bravos with Charming. And then we're going to be jumping into a conversation with Tommy pretty much Instantly after we listen to this, this is charming. a little bit of Tommy Bravas with Charming. What an absolutely incredible track. I absolutely, I just love the vibe of it. I can get so excited about the vibe of that track. I am dancing around the place. I'm really grateful and glad to announce that we have Tommy Bravas on the line today. Hello, Tommy. Hello, thank you so much, Herd, for having me on your podcast today. Of course, it is absolutely my pleasure. A few things I like to clarify up front because I am notorious in my 
non-ability to get names right. Um, it is Tommy Bravos. Tommy Bravos. Tommy uh, Bravos. Bravo. So Bravos. Just, yeah, just like the character Johnny Bravo, just tack on. An okay. S. Okay, so I was kind of joking about that in the intro, <laughs> and I was right. I can never get this right. I literally suffer from this inability to get names right. So uh, it is absolutely not personal. Not a worry at all. I've been I've been getting that my whole life. Really, people yes. don't get the Bravos because mm. I, I guess I, with Johnny Bravo, it's because there's no S on the end. It's kind mm. of like because uh, if it was Tommy Bravo, I feel like people would would uh, would find that easier to understand. Is this a name that that's a stage name, or is this a name that's your name? It's my actual name. Yeah. Wow. When I, when I first started making music, I I play with multiple musicians when I have live shows, so it's easy to fall into the mindset of having a band name or a group name and right um it just felt right to use my own name as we were always you know working on my music they were helping me book shows to you know discuss my right. own work so it felt right to use something close to home of course it makes sense and and that's a cool name bravos i mean if i was born as a bravos i feel like or oh, bravos 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 Bravi, yeah. maybe? Bra bravi. <laughs> I'm struggling to get the plural of that. The bravi. I mean, it's like octopus, octopi, right? It's got to mm -hmm. be a bravi. If I was a bravi, if I was a bravi, if, <laughs> la la, if I was a bravi, I feel like I would have had a more successful life. Uh, not to say that I haven't, but it's just such a cool name. Um, do, you, do you know the heritage of the name? Like, where does this thing yeah, come from? Yeah, so if, in case... You've already listened to Charming all the way through, and you're like, what the mm. heck is he saying? What was that, that language? Bridge? Yes, yes. Um, okay, I'm, I was going to ask you about yeah, that. Because I'm 100% that, that, oh, Greek, so Bravos uh, okay. is a Greek last name. My dad is, you know, fresh off the boat immigrant after right. coming here for high school. He's a foreign exchange student, so I'm almost as Greek as Greek Americans get. Wow. Okay, that's cool. And I'll tell you what, like the, the someone else featured in this season who has a name that sounds very Greek, that is not Greek, hmm. uh, who goes by the name of Kisos. Oh, I don't yeah. know. Or Kisos. 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 We've actually talked about that. Right. So this is, this is a conversation we had too. I'm all about names. It's, it's, it's the irony of being someone who's all about names who never gets them right. Like, it's just, that's like I'm the bumbling detective who bumbles their way to the solution of a case. Um, but Kisos, again, I kept calling him Kisos, which is terrible. It's, it, it's the, uh, I think it's the, the English, like the British twang in my voice that makes it hard for mm. me to, to not say yeah. bravos and Kisos. Um, because to me, key sauce pronounced like that would sound super Greek. Um, but I don't know if that's true. That's just oh, in no. my mind. Yeah, it's true. It's like an Athenian angle. Um, but anyway, I have this also the secondary ability of taking us off track and talking about things that are less relevant than the thing that I really want to get to the heart of today, which is tell me all about Charming. Like, I would love to know what the story is behind the track and, you know, where, where, where the track comes from. Well, I don't, I don't know precisely where to begin. Um, begin at the start. <laughs> I can begin at the start. Well, it started as a voice memo that word charming like stuck out to me i was talking to a friend of mine and was just sort of asking like you know what do you do when you're out at a bar and you're trying to flirt with people like it's so easy to to lose your confidence in a setting right. that's supposed to make you feel more confident and his response was you know i'm not really sure i've i've been told that i'm really charming and i don't know <laughs> what exactly right. it is so when he said that that word super stuck out to me and 
I was thinking of a situation relevant to my own romantic life mm. and the lyric, you know, why don't you show me charming um, mm. Mm. just came right into my head. And from there, the, the rest of the song fell out. Um, well, the verses and the pre-chorus, because when I initially wrote it, actually, the line, put your magic on me was not there. Um, right. So that sort of came in after the rest of the song had been recorded. Right. Um, but I, I knew when I got to the studio with it that it had to 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 bring that theatricality and that disco dance vibe that yeah. I was really starting yeah. to lean into. I mean, I grew up on ABBA. Um, okay. <laughs> so that was very influential with my musical taste as a child. Um, right. But in the past year or so, I've started listening to a lot of Donna Summer as well. I was in the studio working and the engineer was like, you know, what's the vibe for the song? I was like, okay, well, I'm obsessed with Troy Vaughn and Ali X, but now I'm also diving super deep into the queen of disco, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I knew right away that I had to marry those two vibes while also including my heritage and also referencing you know that one magical word that you want yeah. to see from someone when you're into them exactly wow i love that there's so many things that i can pick up on here that are very resonant with my experience of songwriting and you know the the way that i see things come together definitely the uh the voice note aspect of it or mm -hmm. the you know i have maybe like 500 voice note ideas of songs that never came to be um i i probably have a couple of million dollars in my voice note <laughs> files there somewhere but maybe i'm not the person to turn them into that well, it's the best way Right, write, I think it's an easy way to write, and, and I don't know how you write personally. I, I I tend to write either on a guitar or just with some sort of beat that I'm putting together randomly mm -hmm. on 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 some sort of software. But to come back to the song, I also love the concept of a word enamoring you, and then a whole song coming out of that word because that's something that's happened to me quite frequently as well, where you have this this sort of, I call it being enamored with, it's, it's not necessarily the right language. You have this fixation on this very specific idea. And, and as long as you allow yourself to let the song out, it, it's not necessarily much of an effortful process. It's kind of, it, it's, it sort of slides out. Oh, um, absolutely. This was probably the quickest I've ever finished a song. Right, mm -hmm. and it's it's personally the one that resonates with the mo with me the most of your catalog on Spotify. Mm -hmm. Not to say that I'm not a fan of your other music. I do like Divination specifically um, as another track that I really really like from your back catalog. But um, there's something about this 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 track. There's something charming about it. Something <laughs> you know really really alluring about it. And I do think that the songs that you write sort of spontaneously, you know, the, the, the way that I described it in an interview uh, back in the day when I was touring and playing shows to 1400 people, that was a decade ago now, <laughs> it's a long time ago. I was interviewed once and uh, the quote that I like that I would maybe put on my gravestone if I was to have a gravestone, which I won't, but um, the, the quote would be the best song I ever wrote, I never wrote. The best song I ever wrote, I never wrote. And the idea there is that these songs sort of appear 
kind of like a Pokemon, <laughs> charming appeared, and you, you just you just got to catch it, right? And and once you've caught it, it 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 exists already in some strange capacity, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. And and when it comes to charming, I think you've hit on a few other things that I was particularly interested in as well, which is this very disco sort of vibe to it. There's there's a definite like. I, I yeah I would say like a Donna Summersy maybe not ABBA but like there's something there that's very um, yeah very disco but the other element that's very present in in my understanding of it is this very theatrical element like see, there's something super theatrical about it and one thing that I would love to to get to know a little bit more about is your sort of your history within that sphere because I I would assume that you must have had some sort of experience within the theatrical world to be able to bring this kind of uh, element to your music oh absolutely um so just like growing up on ABBA I also grew up on stage uh so you know being 100% Greek usually comes with the going to church every Sunday so I, I was raised Greek Orthodox and right. was always in Christmas plays we had our you know summer vacation Bible school program so you know as early as kindergarten I was right. up on stage in some sort of costume singing about something and then you know when I was a bit older in third grade that bled into community theater and I can credit my first role as being a tree in the wizard of oz <laughs> wow everyone wants to be a tree at least once in their life oh was it or was it wizard of oz or music man it was one of the ah. two those were the back i mean you 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 were a tree yeah. so i think probably doesn't matter too much but still probably the most convincing tree in the history of theater um what was it were you a tree that had a, like how were you garbed as a tree was it like a tree sort of thing and then you had a face hole yeah or, so it, yeah. i remember it was like a bodysuit with the hole cut out for our faces and of course it was the how do you like <laughs> wow. them apples so i got to chuck a bunch of stage props at Oh, okay. So Dorothy you, you was had in seventh a, or eighth grade, maybe. Right. So you had an active role. Oh, absolutely. An active yeah. role. Wow. And then you a know, no, that, non-speak, non-speaking active role. Uh, that carried over into you know doing musicals at school, and then once I was in high school, I was in a sketch comedy group, both writing music for it and being on stage and in every single play and musical. So I. The theatricality of performance is deep, deep rooted in my own experience and also my family. So I'm I'm number three of four kids, and both my older siblings were heavily involved in choir and theater. So I had that sort of role model above me, not giving me an expectation of what to do once I reached that age, but more so the options of what I could entertain myself with. Which is amazing. Like you, you always want to have someone to sort of look at aspirationally and say that that thing that they're doing is quite cool. I would quite like to do that too. Um, it sounds like you could have a family choir from <laughs> from all measures. Like oh, we actually that, we, we do. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. So Tell me everything about that. I have my to know. Everything. Older brother is actually an opera singer. Um, oh wow. Okay. And he's yeah. performed literally all over the world and on multiple stages. Uh, my sister grew up a ballerina and then mm, my younger brother wow. is a huge, you know, acapella and jazz musician. So we in our own way have dipped a foot, a family foot into a different pool <laughs> of art and entertainment and of course we all sing. So whenever we're home, you know, family functions, 
Christmas celebrations, birthdays. Yeah. Everything turns into some sort of choral performance. This this sounds idyllic. Would you say you have an idyllic life? <laughs> it sounds like Sometimes, something yeah. from a postcard. Mm. It's like a postcard. Like there's there's four of you sort of sitting around in, in the garden singing some beautiful uh, a cappella version of some, I don't know, Donna Summer's classic or something. Like I can see it. There just will always there. be like, another you. Oh, look at this. I could. I can even imagine what you're all wearing. Like I, I, I don't even know what your siblings look like, but I have these ideas now from my... Uh, very childlike mind that's bringing out a load of like what i what i think is greek um <laughs> which doesn't mean anything really it means more what i saw in the hercules movie by disney uh, so you're all lounging around in like on clouds singing some sort of acapella that it's amazing. sounds idyllic <laughs> although the one thing that i can say is from my experiences of traveling in greece is there are a lot the, for, well at least i was in um in athens mostly there was a lot of cats like loads of cats loads of kittens just there oh yeah are you a, that's are you, are that's you everywhere why okay this mm -hmm. is a greek thing maybe i think it's a, a big european thing you know and european thing oh, okay yeah animal I, shelters I aren't I as, as big over there as they are here ah okay so it's not necessarily a greek thing because i've traveled around a lot of europe and i can't say i've ever seen more cats than in athens there was a, just a lot of cats yeah i think last time i was there we didn't stay in athens but ah. well in in athens you know in the city but yeah. I, I remember a family trip in i think it was 2014 where we spent some time mm. actually in the city staying in the city Mm. yeah at every corner you go there's a dog or a cat some yeah one of the two it's, a, it's very cool like i, I really like it because i'm a big animal person um actually i i found greece to be really really beautiful as a country mm -hmm. um the 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 natural sort of aspect of greece is is really particularly um stunning and I, actually i do quite like the historical side of things as well so yeah that that's uh been a big influence in my art you know with charming going forward um so i mentioned you know my dad's a, a first generation immigrant and all of my yeah. great grandparents on my mother's side were immigrants so again you know the culture is just really a big part of who i am and i mm. you know the more i relearn the language on duolingo and and talk about the heritage with my family I, it felt important to start bringing it into my music Right, and, makes sense. Uh, also, it's just really campy to use other languages <laughs> in pop music. And I remember True. showing uh, a demo once we had recorded <clears throat> The Bridge and Charming to a friend. And he was just like, this is so gaga of you. Like, just, <laughs> you, just throw in another language out of nowhere, like just in the, ver or just in the bridge. It, it felt it's so, so right. You know, it was it was weird for me to think about that concept and then i was a little hesitant to even try it but i right. you know translated it, it a, a sentence that fit the or you know a series of sentences that fit the structure of the song and what i was talking about um and i tried it out and it, it literally was just like the final puzzle piece while we were tracking in the studio <laughs> it just fit it mm -hmm. just fit now i would be remiss not to ask you uh what 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 the translation is because i yeah. have no idea no idea what you're saying there 
Well, uh, I did release a lyric video, and oh. it, it was funny you mentioned the, like the architecture and the the beauty and nature side of of Greece and countryside mm. Mediterranean um, city life, I suppose. Uh, so the lyric video was made by someone I got connected with through Instagram, and he was actually out in Spain visiting his mm. family when I contacted mm. him. So he got all these amazing shots of like temples and palm trees. And if you've never been wow. to Greece and yeah. you've watched Game of Thrones, it looks exactly like Dorne or uh, King's <laughs> Landing. So it, it, it was just so, so beautiful. But in the lyric video, he translates um, what the Greek is saying. Right. So I missed that. It starts with, um, you know, last night was magical. Then mm. it gets a little spicy compared to the rest of the song and uh, <laughs> you can get away with it no one knows what you're saying unless they're greek it's a, it's a, it's a classic yeah, exactly. i love that that was, that was another reason you know i could kind of play around with what level of sexiness or sultriness that i was bringing to the right. song Ad adult mm -hmm. adulthood to it so, tell me i'm sorry sorry last oh, no, night no, was magical okay. so yeah last <laughs> night was magical um your lips on me hands intertwined mm. i'd like to see you again if you want Hmm. So it kind of sums up what the rest of the song has been saying into just you know a few short sentences. You know? Of course, uh, like, it's uh, slightly more be direct. A one night yeah. fun time where we're just out dancing, and I'm never going to see you again. Or are you going to show me that you're a charming person, and you know you'll stick around? Yeah, I mean it, this. This is this is strong. Uh, can can you teach me the the uh, the first line of that? Because I feel like I really want to learn this right now. Yeah, I, I apologize if I butcher it, but how how does this go? Okay, I'm so, gonna do this. Uh, the first phrase is only four words. Great. Kthestovrathi itan magikoi. Sorry, five words. So kthes, it's like a k. Kthes. Kthes. So if you phonetically kthes. spelled it out, it'd be with a. K, kthes, yeah. T H E S, kthes, 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 okay, yeah. To vrathi, vrathi, kthes to vrathi. Itan, <laughs> itan, magico, oh, well. magico. It sounds like magico. Yeah. So that's the the magical. Ma oh, magico, magico, magico. Okay, yeah, and the accents on wow. the also magico. Okay, hit me with the whole thing once, and I'm gonna try. Kthes to vrathi, itan magico. I sound Spanish. It just sounds. I that was so close, bad. though. It wasn't it wasn't completely butchered. I feel like if I go back to Athens, I will not be seducing anyone with that. <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. Like people are just gonna be like, "What's this Mexican guy saying? I don't know what he's on about." And not That's a word. Cool, it's though. a it's a different language, you know. And it's, ah, it takes a while. It doesn't use that. the English alphabet, so that sort of difference makes it, it a little bit more difficult true. to. It's the sounds. It's mm -hmm. the it's the mm -hmm. the sound, which is is definitely picking up and registering on my mic terribly. So I need to stop doing that sound. But it's the same with French, where people uh, struggle to do the oh sound. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, so absolutely. like uh, my, uh, you know, uh, there's there's français, français. Because well, I speak French. Oh yeah, yeah people right, can't right. do the oh, 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 right, mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's the joke, right? It's a oh, oh, oh. But the bottom line is that's the sound in French that a lot of people struggle with who don't speak French. Mm. Um, well, I don't know it, if you're a oh, 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 kind of person. I, I only I have sung in French. Yeah, I studied. Oh, okay. I actually studied classical music in college, so I had to sing a ton of French and Italian art song. Um, of course. But back to language, you know, that's 
one thing that I, another reason I thought it fit really well once we played it back was uh, it, it worked with that sort of mystical vibe that had it, been yeah. presented with the rest of the lyrics because it sounds almost incantation-like the way that I'm speaking it instead of singing it in the bridge Absolutely. before the last Absolutely. chorus rings. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's a spell. I mean, yeah, exactly. And mm. you no, know, what I'm saying is also sort of a spell too. Um, you know, I want I want to like, yeah. see you again. It sounds a little bit like a command in a way. Um, with, it, it's 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 hidden, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting because I wouldn't I wouldn't just based on our conversation I wouldn't qualify you as being a very um, dominating, commanding kind of person. Oh no, everything. But I can <laughs> everything I, I, I can wish s- is subtle. <laughs> well this is it but i could see you being in in the like high school drama or whatever some sort of high school musical 10 uh you're you're the wallflower who's there (laughs) incanting something to try and get someone to 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 sort of show their charming to you really it's funny because that kind of does sum up both my high school experience and uh, the way i enact with romance now it's sort of you know, I read into how I present feelings, and then I expect the other person to just pick that up, and then. Yeah, uh, this this things. is this is something. Yeah, I see. So, you're <laughs> you're the kind of person I find annoying. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, I but, find but myself you, annoying sometimes. No, but we all find. You know, I find myself annoying ninety nine percent of the time when I find myself annoying, and and the rest of the time I'm okay. Like no, but but you know, it's interesting because there's that layer to this song as well for me there's a layer of um you're asking someone else to do the heavy lifting to Mm -hmm. some extent um and i and i don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing i think a lot of people would resonate with that um and and there's there's something seductive about it Mm -hmm. um yeah like that sort of come and get it attitude exactly Mm -hmm. so so you're you're sort of like the flower looking to be picked (laughs) as opposed to the person picking the flower Mm -hmm. (laughs) or my my case i'd probably be both like the 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 reality of of it is it's interesting because you're bringing a lot of your vulnerable, authentic personality to the song in a quite hidden way. Like, you know, if you look at it on face value, you don't really notice how much of Tommy's really in this song. But just in the way that it's communicated, mm-hmm. there's this this layer of authenticity that I think really shines. Well, thank you. I, I, it definitely feels like a very transitional moment for just my journey as an artist. I think it's the... F- not to say that I didn't think a lot of things through with, you know, my album and the single Divination, but it feels like the most thought out, rolling out of a song that I've ever done, both in conception and bringing it into the studio and then, uh, you know, getting a visual vibe to fit into the aesthetic. So I I know we're connected on Instagram. I don't know how much Mm. of the... the, um, the photos that I've been posting, you've seen. The visual narrative is quite well connected to the audio narrative. Well, I'm so, so happy to hear that. Yeah, so I, I've just been like enamored with disco and I, I I wanted everything about this song to be just well thought out and completely authentic to the me that I am right now. Right. I, and, and, and I think that's that's you giving yourself permission to bring something you love into your artistic journey that mm-hmm. others may suggest is not a good idea, which is like, that's the story of my artistic journey from day one. I was endlessly bringing in things that people don't think is a good idea that I love. Um, and what's interesting is the repercussion of that is 
ultimately you find yourself in a place that's relatively unique because you're you're bringing in aspects that are just not not necessarily following the norm you're bringing in aspects that are just very very personal mm-hmm. so what you end up with is a product that that is tangibly and intangibly you and i think that's that's what's really resonating with me for you know with charming and the way that that's been put together is there's there's the layer of of sort of obviousness that you get with all music which is like you listen Mm -hmm. to it once and that's it and then there's that veneer that you notice after listening to it 10 times and that veneer is it's almost with a song like charming you you, the more you listen to it the more you get to know tommy oh and that's like 100 percent what i wanted you know Mm. i i so i mentioned growing up with abba but a lot of my other influences don't really focus on pop music um so Florence in the Machine was actually mm. the artist that got me into writing, and she can be categorized as pop, but it's it's it's, 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 it's yeah. more there's more to digest than you get in in other pop, both in I content agree. and the production and arrangement of her songs. Yeah, definitely. Um, and now I'm sort of in a renaissance with her influences, and I'm very very into and inspired by Kate Bush, who you know other than cloud right. Wuthering Heights, and running up that hill, a lot of her stuff in arrangement and content is harder to pull apart. So yes, absolutely, I it's, wanna... a ju- it's a journey. It's it's a yeah, there's, a, exactly. there's a narrative to it. Actually, it's funny you say Kate Bush because this is exactly who I would have connected with Florence and the Machine. Like to me, the mm-hmm. two of them are almost symbiotic in the way that they yeah, are. Yeah, so I, I've been inspired by these magical women and that you know literally magical press and people have been calling absolutely witches in their own right with that glamour the grandiosity of and magic essentially of early dance music so i i've always loved moving i'm not an amazing dancer but my body just needs to be moving at all times (laughs) and acceptable I, I, i really really wanted to just bridge that magic mystic music that i'm you know obsessed with and inspired with with my body's just feral need to be moving around yeah absolutely and 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 it lands which makes me excited for what's coming next musically from you because you know if if this is your first gambit if this is your first you know flag up the mountainside this is like base camp one (laughs) i'm like (laughs) i want to see what comes at the top of this mountain like fuck this is gonna be cool yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I So I mentioned before we started, I live with my brother and he's actually mm. just like diving head deep into learning production, which is great because not only is he in his own right an awesome music writer mm. and arranger, you know, he he's a, a choral educator. So he is wow, always yeah. just hearing like what the voice can do, uh, what multiple voices can do. Um, he also just understands me as a person and the music I'm influenced by and wants to help inspire my own art. So it's just, yeah, of course we often yeah. joke in, about us being a different iteration of the Gershwin brothers. <laughs> so uh, I like that. I like we're it. working on some stuff right now. Uh, inspired by Greek mythology, again, with the, the dance disco drop. Um, I, I, there'll be more speaking and singing in Greek. I, I really just want to lean into this aesthetic that I feel right now is just super authentic to how I want to express myself, both as an artist right. and a person. Right. Uh, it's it's nice when the two connect as well. It's It's mm-hmm. something that I've experienced with my project Heard that I didn't experience before. Before it was 
more about the the music and the the brand and and all of these things which is how i got myself to a point where i was you know playing major festivals ha- having national airtime in the uk and and you know playing to crowds of 1400 people but uh, what what a lot of people don't know is at that time i was also drinking a bottle of whiskey for breakfast i was heading towards 320 pounds in weight um mm. and and i was fundamentally suffering on a mental health level and people question why i left music at that point the real answer is is i had two suicide attempts and uh there there was a lot of fear for my life from others and myself where you know i I had to make some radical changes i I never stopped writing songs but i had to leave the industry now Mm -hmm. the the reason that that was something that i went through is is you know you you could you could ask god if there is one uh like what what, what the hell was that about but the one thing that i learned from it was if you are not bringing your authentic self to the creative process, it does not matter how much success you find. It, yeah. will, nev- it will never be satisfying. Mm-hmm. It will never be satisfying. You know, that's something that I keep reminding myself, um, you know, show after show or, you know, at just any interaction, anytime I post about a new project or, you know, I, I rolled out a remix for Charming that a friend made. Which um, I really liked, actually. That, yeah, that was, remix was awesome. It was... He, uh, he just, uh, like, spit it out. Like, yeah. he was like, hey, send me the stems. And I sent him, you know, the WAV files of the stuff he asked for. And then, like, a day I, I later, he just turned, turned it out and was like, hey, Tommy <laughs> baby, what do you think? And I was just blown away. Okay, look, look this this is Vesta, right? The, yes. The, mm-hmm. Yes, I love that reason. Okay, Tommy Baby. Okay, if this if this person calls you Tommy Baby, we gotta we gotta you gotta hook hook me up with this person, right? You gotta hook me up with Vesta. I, I want a Vesta remix of my own. This is like oh yeah, strong. I, I'm happy to help you. Uh, help I you appreciate out and get it. You connected That's, with him. He's this this is the inception yeah. moment. Uh, it's on record of <laughs> the Vesta remix of Dies Mail, which song that I have in my catalog because honestly that. Remix remix is because I, I, I thought charming was like yeah there's nothing that's gonna top this and then i listened to the remix i was like you know it's coming close to topping this mm-hmm. I, I really no, like I, the, that's what i was thinking too. i found myself wanting yeah. to listen to the remix instead um but i brought it up to what we were talking about on <laughs> sorry I've, I've i can't even remember now i've steamrolled our conversation again the, the the reality here is you know the 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 beauty of a remix in this kind of a scenario is you know there's an element of listening to your own song once it's been produced and released is almost painful sometimes because mm-hmm. there's there's so much of of you know so much work so much legacy that's gone into it you listen to it and you hope that you hear a complete project but but yeah. you always endlessly ceaselessly find ways to improve and it's now past a point of improvement. So you have to almost make peace with the fact that you're going to listen to this and you're going to say, this is awesome, I love it, but maybe there's yeah. this little extra thing here or there. Whereas with a remix, you can you can look at your own song with fresh eyes. That's what I love about remixes. It's someone else has interpreted what you have. And however much you can criticize what the other person's done, it is a new perspective on your own thing. Um, I, I really like this Vesta remix, actually. The instrumental for Charming is quite interesting, too. I, I find myself uh, si- singing along to uh, the, 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 the lyrics and the melodies you wrote, but then also sometimes just doing my own thing. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. going, going rogue, doing some sort of rogue karaoke um, over, over your instrumental track. So I apologize. The rogue karaoke and the <laughs> terrible dancing, <laughs> those two things I, I, I can, but will not change. <laughs> it's too well, enjoyable. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of this like Sacramento-based... I believe it's Sacramento, um, like synth pop group. And 
they just rolled out a new album in February and for every single that they released on this record, they would put out the acapella and the instrumental. They're nice. called Session, S-C-S-H-E-N. And I you just look had never really seen that before. And I thought it was really cool to, you know, give the final product. And then, you know, for licensing, if something's danceable, you know, to have the option of the instrumentals being danced to. Um, this is smart. film or yeah. you know, TV it's show. But, you know, the vocals themselves sounded so clean by, uh, without any accompaniment. And the the instrumental or the vocal arrangement was somewhat intricate too. So I just thought, you know what? Why not put put all three out? Absolutely, I think that's smart as well. In the sense that you know, licensing wise, it can be tri- quite tricky. I, I know for my music in particular, the the lyrics are so personal to me that it's sometimes my music has this issue of being somewhat inaccessible to people who don't understand where I'm coming from. <laughs> it's like there's music that is infinitely accessible and there's music that's sometimes slightly in- inaccessible. And, and I don't say that that's for, for any good or bad reason. It's just the nature of when you're pulling out songs. Sometimes mm-hmm. the song has this, you know, this very clear openness. And sometimes the song has this, not closed, but a, a bit more of a personal story that is less relatable to, to the majority of people. But being able to pull that narrative out of the equation and just celebrating the musical aspect of a song, it's very smart. But licensing-wise, it's a it's an easier way to get licensed. Mm-hmm. I th- yeah, it just it just makes a lot of sense. And you know, the the more people have to listen to you, even if it's the same song or you know, a version of a song, the, the better. You know, you, of course, if people enjoy what they're listening to. They're going to want more content. You know, of course. And I I think with this song. I remember what I was trying to say. Uh, I think it was like two or three minutes ago. Um, <laughs> yeah. That regardless of the reception, you know, I'm really proud of something I'm putting out. Good. And yeah. I think that's one thing you can probably relate to. Being an artist is so difficult when you're pouring so much effort and essence of yourself into yeah. a piece of work. You want it to be re- well received. And uh, I think I'm kind of at that tipping point where it's finally starting to click that in the at the end of the day I'm releasing for me and this yes. last single yes. just was so so authentically close to who I am as a person that it it doesn't matter I mean if, yeah it matters in some way, but but I know what you're saying yeah, yeah it doesn't matter yeah. how it's received or the numbers it's received by because I'm proud of what I'm doing and I, I, I fundamentally agree and if there's something to pull out of this conversation in in large if we're looking at a narrative of what what is the lesson that Tommy has to share with us here because every person I've spoken to has had a lesson that they're sharing and hmm. this is one that I learned for myself re- relatively recently too it's the idea that if you love something enough it doesn't matter if everyone else hates it or not. <laughs> like, it's, it's, yeah. it's like, it's irrelevant. It's an irrelevance. Because if you can get to that place where you're just doing something out of love, generally speaking, eventually what you'll create is something that other people can only love or, or loathe. Mm-hmm. But if you've got enough people loving something, you know, the loathers, the haters, it, it matters less. The, the, problem with, the problem with not pursuing that is you find yourself in a place where you're creating something that isn't from a place of love. It's just created from a place of can I make this as accessible to as many people as possible? Or Mm -hmm. can I make something that sounds like this other thing that I heard? And there's nothing wrong with writing in that way. But the songs that we both love are songs that came from a place of love. Mm -hmm. And, And I think that's the, that's what defines a song as being 
something that will stand the test of time instead of something that will have its 15 minutes in the spotlight and then yeah. fade to nothing. Um, so it's a, it's a, a very valuable lesson. Mm -hmm. um, uh, th thanks for sharing it with us. Of course, yeah. And, and it's so easy with pop music because it's commercially meant to just be digested and consumed on a daily basis. Right. It's easy to get in that mindset of writing with like streamability in mind. Yeah, no, I know. And I really, really, really wanted to not have that dictate how I wrote or produced this song, but it still ended up being an earworm and something that you, you know, you want to hit repeat on as soon as it's done. Um, Absolutely. Without losing that, that grander sense of art and thought that you get into something that is more personal. Nailed it. You nailed it. That's, you, you, you went on the Netflix show to bake cakes and you nailed it. That's, that's, the, that's the situation here. Well, look, I, I, I could speak with you till the uh, end of time when the dinosaurs exist again. Um, but uh, we're going we're to have to put a little sort of dampener on our conversation for today. I feel like we should speak again soon, e even if it's just to catch up on oh, Animal absolutely. Crossing related stuff. <laughs> like I, I need to visit your island. I think oh, that's something we yeah, talked I mean, about. I mean, I, <laughs> if you need to, another lesson on how nerdily into my culture I am, I named <laughs> my Animal Crossing after the island that my mom's family is from look that's that's that's, that's, that's so come family. get your tropical getaway that's it I, i'm gonna i'm gonna come and, and steal your coconuts but um the, 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 the funny thing here is as well because there is another lesson hidden here and I, and, and I always overrun because i always have to get to the bottom of these things but for me the the lesson the non-musical lesson that i that i'm hearing sort of in between the lines here that I'm reading in between the lines is something surrounding family because there's there's something very profound that that you have within your family structure that I think um I, I would see as idyllic that maybe a lot of people would aspire to mm -hmm. what, what what is what is the most important thing for you when it comes to family because it sounds like you've got something there that's really special um I think the most important thing would have to be time spent mm. with uh I am I loosely use the word bless like in the rest of my life but mm. it, you know I'm really truly blessed with the family that I come from um, mm. you know I lived across the street from my grandparents there's 11 grandkids and my mom's wow. side of the family yeah. and you know we all grew up really close together multiple family holidays a year family vacations um, even if it's just to you know go down to Florida and stay at you know, all in one tiny house together. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just essential to, to the culture that I'm in and to who I am now. I mean, I'm currently quarantined with uh, my, right. all three of my siblings. And wow. We're not at each other's throats yet, so you're just you're just singing. You're just singing. I, I, I yeah. like the idea that you wake up in the morning and you're like, "Good morning, good morning." <laughs> it's the four of you doing some sort of four-way harmony. It'd be amazing. Um, I, I I understand what you're saying here because actually, what's nice is your two lessons intertwine quite nicely because what we're talking about here is spending time and allocating time to being with the people that you love regardless mm -hmm. of whether they're blood family or not you yeah know, they're, they're, absolutely. They, they could i mean anywhere. i carry that mentality into my right. friendships as well exactly so it's like spend time with the people you love and when it comes to creating just do what you love and mm -hmm. I think that this is a recipe for joy. And I, I don't know if the rest of your life is a disaster, but at least these two areas <laughs> must be doing pretty well. Cause well, these two recipes make everything else a little bit easier to handle. 
make everything else palatable this is this is exactly it no i i i i've really enjoyed our conversation today it's it's been a real pleasure right back at you well thank you so much you know thank you you so much for having me (laughs) well thank you so much for being here here we go we're getting in a a sort of gratitude loop Mm -hmm. um but before we jump off we're going to listen to a little more charming and before we do that i'm going to give you the floor um for 25 seconds to 26 seconds to maybe sort of like drop a little bit of information as to how people can find you oh absolutely what do you want them to do online like order them about what do you want them to do well i am on instagram and twitter and facebook and spotify and youtube and tiktok all the good stuff you can find all me the good stuff just like it sounds tommy bravos that is not johnny bravo tommy <laughs> bravos with an s if you need to get more of your magical fix with some pop music look at this you you, you could do ads on some sort of late night i i'm gonna say mature chat line (laughs) they're like there's a sultry element to your voice well that's also sort of in my blood my mom does voiceover work she has a plenty of on hold messages so that customer service tone is also sort of in my blood too look at this this is this is exactly what it is whereas for me i have none of that good stuff in my blood i just um have conversations with the (laughs) microphone for some reason though and I, i cannot tell you why but I consistently get messages on Instagram that say, hey, I really love your voice. And I'm like, thanks so much. I know I don't have a very natural singing voice. I've worked really hard. And then they're like, no, 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 your speaking voice. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, God damn it. But I have done a lot of radio, so maybe that's what it is. Um, I do find it quite funny. It's like, uh, it's like the compliment that you don't want to get. <laughs> it's it's the, the compliment that's still a compliment, but you're like, ah, if only it was the other one. But still, you know, yeah. that's that's the way things are. Like, like I said, we could talk forever. Maybe we'll just have our next conversation in Animal Crossing and awkwardly press the R button to open up the little <laughs> chat thing and then send three words at a time. It's just like uh, have, a, have a disastrous convo. Uh, I'll be sure but, to send you some gifts, some new furniture. This is it. I, I feel like this is exactly what our relationship will become. <laughs> you know, hook me up with, with that Vesta guy too. But, you know, the most important thing is I really need like an ironwood dresser. So if you've got a spare um, no, I'm kidding but uh, anyway it's been a, a, an absolute pleasure I have truly truly enjoyed our conversation and uh, thanks again for coming on the show thank you for having me heard of course you you have been heard you've been heard <laughs> <laughs> you've been heardified <laughs> this is like the exact opposite I haven't showed you my charming I've just heard you um, <laughs> anyway I, I, like, like I said I, I'm, I'm, an, I'm ineffective at ending conversations so we're going to end this with a little bit of charming once again that was Tommy Bravos not Johnny Bravo although both are wonderful people uh, I would assume Johnny Bravo is a wonderful person it's kind of a hit and miss cert, cert, well, certain we're both entertaining we you're can, both entertaining we can, we can leave that's that. it that's it both entertaining people thank you for helping me get out of my own vocal loop um, but anyway let's listen to a bit more Tommy Bravo's with Charming and next time we'll be talking to another artist about the ups and the downs of the life of an artist once again thanks so much Tommy thank you for having me and we'll see you guys next time Bravo.